Um, good morning. Happy Halloween to a bunch of pagans doing pagan shit. Um, but that's all the holidays in it. Uh, yeah. To Chronicles chapter 4 He made a bronze altar 20 cubits long 20 cubits wide and 10 cubits high He made the sea of cast metal Circular in shape Measuring 10 cubits from rim to rim And 5 cubits high It took a line of 30 cubits to measure around it Below the rim Figurines Figures of bulls encircled it (laughs) Encircled it 10 to a cubit The bulls were cast in two rows, in one piece with the sea. The sea stood on twelve bulls, three facing north, three facing west, three facing south, and three facing east. The sea rested on top of them, and their hindquarters were towed, were toward the center. It was a hand's, a hand breadth in thickness. It was, uh, and its rim was like the rim of a cup, like a tiny blossom. It held three thousand baths. He then made ten basins for washing and placed five on the south side and five on the north. In them, the things to be used for the burnt offerings were rinsed, but the sea was to be used by the priests for washing. He made ten gold lampstands according to the specifications for them and placed them in the temple, five on the south side and five on the north. He made ten tables and placed them in the temple, five on the south side and five on the north. He also made a hundred gold sprinkling bowls. He made the courtyard of the priests and the large court and the doors for the court and overlaid and overlaid the doors with bronze. He placed the sea on the south side at the southeast corner. He also made the pots and shovels and sprinkling bowls. So Huram finished the work he had undertaken for King Solomon in the temple of God. The two pillars, the two bowl-shaped capitals on top of the pillars, the two sets of network decorating the two bowl-shaped capitals on top of the pillars, the 400 pomegranates for the two sets of network, two rows of pomegranates for each network, decorating the bowl-shaped capitals on top of the pillars, the stands with their basins, the sea and the twelve bowls under it, the pots, shovels, meat forks, and all related articles. All the objects that Huram Abi made for King Solomon for the temple of the Lord were polished bronze. The king had them cast in clay molds in the plain of the Jordan between Sukkoth and Zerthan. All these things that Solomon made amounted to so much that the weight of the bronze was not determined. Solomon also made the furnishings that were in God's temple, the golden altar, the tables on which was the bread of the presence, the lampstands of pure gold with their lamps to burn in front of the inner sanctuary as prescribed, a gold floral work and lamps and tongs, they were solid gold. The pure gold wick trimmers, sprinkling bowls, dishes, censers, and the gold doors of the temple, the inner doors of the most holy place, and the doors of the main hall. When all the work Solomon had done for the temple of the Lord was finished, he brought in the things of his father. He brought in the things his father David had dedicated, the silver and gold and all the furnishings, and he placed them in the treasuries of God's temple. Then Solomon summoned to Jerusalem the elders of Israel all the heads of the tribes and the chiefs of the Israelite families, to bring up the Ark of the Lord's Covenant from Zion, the city of David. And all the men of Israel came together to the king to the king at the time of the festival in the seventh, the seventh month. When all the elders of Israel had arrived, the Levites took up the Ark, and they brought up the Ark in the tent of meeting, and all the sacred furnishings in it, 
the priests who were Levites, carried them up, and King Solomon and the entire assembly of Israel that had gathered about him were before the ark, sacrificing so many sheep and cattle that they could not be recorded or counted. But we had to count all those fucking people with all their fucking names, and now we can't even, I can't even get a number on the sheet. Thank you. Thank you so much. I feel like my hard work is being punished. <sighs> the priest then brought the Ark of the Lord's Covenant to its place in the inner sanctuary of the temple, the most holy place, and put it beneath the wings of the cherubim. The cherubim spread their wings over the place of the Ark and covered the Ark and its carrying poles. These poles were so long that their ends extended from the Ark, could be seen from in front of the inner sanctuary, but not from outside the holy place, and they are still there today. There was nothing in the ark except the two tablets that Moses had placed in in it at Horeb, where the Lord made a covenant with the Israelites after they came out of Egypt. The priests then withdrew from the holy place. All the priests who were there had consecrated themselves, regardless of their divisions. All the Levites who were musicians, Asaph, Human, Jeduthun, and their sons and relatives stood on the east side of the altar, dressed in fine linen and playing cymbals, harps, and lyres. They were accompanied by 120 priests sounding trumpets. The, trumpet, uh, the trumpeters and singers joined in unison, as with one voice, to give praise and thanks to the Lord. Accompanied by trumpets, cymbals, and other instruments, they raised their voices in praise to the Lord and sang, He is good, his love endures forever. Then the temple of the Lord was filled with a cloud, and the priests could not perform their service because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the temple of God. Then Solomon said, The Lord has said that he would dwell in a dark cloud. I have built a magnificent temple for you, a place for you to dwell forever. While the whole assembly of Israel was standing there, the king turned around and blessed them. Then he said, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel who with his hands has filled what he promised with his mouth to my father David. For he said, Since the day I brought my people out of Egypt, I have not chosen a city in any tribe of Israel to have a temple built for my name to be there, nor have I chosen anyone to be the leader over my people Israel. But now I have chosen Jerusalem for my name to be there, and I have chosen David to rule my people Israel. My father David had it in his heart to build a temple for the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. But the Lord said to my father David, Because it was in your heart to build a temple for my name, you did well to have this in your heart. Nevertheless, you are not the one to build the temple, but your son, who is your flesh and blood, he is the one who will build the temple for my name. The Lord has kept the promise he made. I have succeeded David my father, and now I sit on the throne of Israel, just as the Lord promised. And I have built the temple for the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. There I have placed the ark in which in which is the covenant of the Lord that he made with the people of Israel. Then Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in front of the whole assembly of Israel and spread out his hands. Now he had made a bronze platform five cubits long, five cubits wide, and three cubits high, and had placed it in the center of the outer court. He stood on the platform and then knelt down before the whole assembly of Israel and spread out his hands toward heaven. He said, O Lord, God of Israel, there is no God like you in heaven or on earth, you who keep your covenant of love with your servants who continue wholeheartedly in your way. You have kept your promise to your servant, David my father. With your mouth you have promised, and with your hand you have fulfilled it, as it is today. Now, Lord, God of Israel, keep for your servant David my father the promises you made to him when you said, You shall never fail to have a man to sit before me on the throne of Israel. 
if only your sons are careful and all they do and all they if only your sons are careful and all they do to walk before me according to my laws as you have done and now o lord god of israel let your word that you promised your david, uh, your servant david come true but will god really dwell on earth with men the heavens even the highest heavens cannot contain you how much less this temple i have built yet Give attention to your servant's prayer and his plea for mercy, O Lord my God. Hear the cry and the prayer that your servant is praying in your presence. May your eyes be open toward this temple day and night, this place of which you said you would put your name there. May you hear the prayer your servant prays toward the place. Hear the supplications of your servant and of your people Israel when they pray toward this place. Hear from heaven your dwelling place, and when you hear, forgive. When a man wrongs his neighbor and is required to take an oath, and he comes and swears the oath before your altar in this temple, then hear from heaven and act. Judge between your servants, repaying the guilt by bringing down on his own head what he has done. Declare the innocent not guilty, and so establish his innocence. When your people Israel have been defeated by an enemy because they have sinned against you, and when they turn back and confess your name, praying and making supplication before you in this temple, then hear from heaven and forgive the sin of your people Israel and bring them back to the land you gave to them and their fathers. When the heavens are shut up and there is no rain because your people have sinned against you, and when they pray toward this place and confess your name and turn from their sin because you have afflicted them, then hear from heaven and forgive the sin of your servants, your people Israel. Teach them the right way to live and send rain on the land you gave your people for an inheritance. When famine or plague comes to the land, or blight, or mildew, locusts, or grasshoppers, or when enemies besiege them in any of their cities, whatever disaster or disease may come, and when a prayer or plea is made by any of your people Israel, each one aware of his afflictions and pains, and spreading out his hands toward his temple, then hear from heaven your dwelling place. Forgive, and deal with each man according to all he does, since you know his heart, for you alone know the hearts of men. For that they will fear you and walk in your ways all the time they live in the land you gave our fathers. As for the foreigner who does not belong to your people Israel, but has come from a distant land, because of your great name and your mighty hand and your outstretched arm, when he comes and prays toward the temple, then hear from heaven your dwelling place and do whatever the foreigner asks of you, so that all the people of the earth may know your name and fear you as do your own people, and may know that this house I have built bears your name. When your people go to war against their enemies wherever you send them, and when they pray to you toward the city you have chosen and the temple I have built for your name, then hear from heaven their prayer and their plea, uphold their cause. When they sin against you, for there is no one who does not sin, and you become angry with them and give them over to the enemy, who takes them captive to a land far away or near, and if they have a change of heart in the land where they are held captive, and repent and plead with you in, their, in the land of their captivity and say, We have sinned, we have done wrong and acted wickedly. And if they turn back to you with all their heart and soul in the land of their captivity where they were taken, and pray toward the land you gave their fathers, toward the city you have chosen, and toward the, tem the temple I have built for your name, then from heaven your dwelling place, Hear their prayers and their pleas and uphold their cause, and forgive your people who have sinned against you. Now, my God, may your eyes be open and your ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place. 
Now arise, O Lord God, and come to your resting place, you and the ark of your might. May your priests, O Lord God, be clothed with salvation. May your saints rejoice in your goodness. O Lord God, do not reject your anointed one. Remember the great love promised to David, your servant. When Solomon finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. The priests could not enter the temple of the Lord because the glory of the Lord filled it. When all the Israelites saw the fire coming down and the glory of the Lord above the temple, they knelt on the pavement with their faces to the ground, and they worshipped and gave thanks to the Lord, saying, He is good. His love endures forever. Then the king and all the people offered sacrifices before the Lord, and King Solomon offered a sacrifice of 22,000 head of cattle and 120,000 sheep and goats. So the king and all the people dedicated the temple of God. The priests took their positions, as did the Levites with the Lord's musical instruments, which King David had made for praising the Lord, and which were used when he gave thanks, saying, His love endures forever. Opposite the Levites, the priests blew their trumpets, and all the Israelites were standing. Solomon consecrated the middle part of the courtyard in front of the temple of the Lord, and there he offered burnt offerings and the fat of the fellowship offerings, because the bronze altar he had made could not hold the burnt offerings, the grain offerings, and the fat portions. So Solomon observed the festivals at the time for seven days, and all Israel with him. A vast assembly, people from Lebo, Hamath, to the Wadi of Egypt, on the eighth day they held an assembly, for they had celebrated the dedication of the altar for seven days and the festival for seven days more. On the twenty-third day of the seventh month, he sent the people to their homes, joyful and glad in heart, for the good things the Lord had done for David and Solomon for his people Israel. When Solomon had finished the temple of the Lord in the royal palace, and had succeeded in carrying out all he had in mind to do in the temple of the Lord and in his own palace, the Lord appeared to him at night and said, I have heard your prayer, and have chosen this place for myself as a temple of sacrifices. When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, or command locusts to devour the land or send a plague among my people, if my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven, and will forgive their sin, and will hear them heal their land. Now my eyes will be open, and my ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place. I have chosen and consecrated this temple, so that my name may be there forever. My eyes and my heart will always be there. As for you, if you walk before me as David your father did, and do all I command, and observe my decrees and laws, I will establish your royal throne. As I covenanted with David your father, when I said, You shall never fail to have a man rule over Israel. But if you turn away and forsake the decrees and commands I have given you, and go off to serve other gods and worship them, then I will uproot Israel from my land, which I have given them, and will reject this temple I have consecrated for my name. I will make it a byword and an object of ridicule among all peoples, and though his temple... And though this temple is now so imposing, all who pass by will be appalled and say, Why has the Lord done such a thing to this land and to this temple? People will answer, Because they have forsaken the Lord, the God of their fathers, who brought them out of Egypt and have embraced other gods, worshipping and serving them. This is why he brought all disaster on them. At the end of twenty years, during which Solomon built the temple of the Lord in his own palace, Solomon rebuilt the villages that Hiram had given him and settled Israelites in them. 
Solomon then went to Mastoba and captured it. He also build, uh, built up Tadmor in the desert and all the store, store cities he had built in Hamath. He, re- he rebuilt Upper Beth Haran and Lower Beth Haran as fortified cities, with walls and with gates and bars, as well as Balath and all his store cities, and all the cities for his chariots and for his horses, whatever he desired to build in Jerusalem and Lebanon and throughout all the territory he ruled. All the people left from the Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites, these people were not Israelites. That is, their descendants remaining in the land, whom the Israelites had not destroyed. These Solomon conscripted these Solomon conscripted for his slave labor force, as it is to this day. But Solomon did not make slaves of the Israelites for his work. They were his fighting men, commanders of his captains, and commanders of his chariots and charioteers. I pulled the chariot for my daily tarot today. So they were also King Solomon's chief officials, 250 officials supervising the men. Solomon brought Pharaoh's daughter up from the city of David to the palace he had built for her. For he said, My wife must not live in the palace of David, king of Israel, because the places the ark of the Lord has entered are holy. On the altar of the Lord that he had built in front of the portico, Solomon sacrificed burnt offerings to the Lord, according to the daily requirements for offerings commanded by Moses for Sabbaths, new moons, and the three annual feasts, the feasts of unleavened bread, the feast of weeks, and the feast of tabernacles. In keeping with the ordinance of his father David, he appointed the divisions of the priests for their duties, and the Levites to lead the priests and to assist the priests according to each day's requirements. He also appointed the gatekeepers by divisions for the various gates, because this was what David, the man of God, had ordered. They did not uh, deviate from the king's commands to the priests or to the Levites in any matter, according, including that of the treasuries. All Solomon's work was carried out, from the day the foundation of the temple of the Lord was laid until its completion. So the temple of the Lord was finished. Then Solomon went to Ezion-Geber and Alath on the coast of Edom, and Hiram sent him... Sh- um, And Hiram sent him ships commanded by his own officers, men who knew the sea. These, with Solomon's men, sailed to Ophir and brought back 450 talents of gold, which they delivered to King Solomon. When the Queen of Sheba heard of Solomon's fame, she came to Jerusalem to test him with hard questions. Arriving with a very great caravan, with camels carrying spices, large quantities of gold, and precious stones, She came to Solomon and talked with him about all she had on her mind. Solomon answered all her questions. Nothing was too hard for him to explain to her. When the queen of Sheba saw the wisdom of Solomon, as well as the palace he had built, the food on his table, the seating of his officials, the attending servants in their robes, the cupbearers in their robes, and the burnt offerings he made at the temple of the Lord, she was overwhelmed. She said to the king, The report I heard in my own country about your achievements and your wisdom is true. But I did not believe what they said until I came and saw with my own eyes. Indeed, not even half the greatness of your wisdom was told me. You have far exceeded the report I heard. How happy your men must be. How happy your officials, who continually stand before you and hear your wisdom. Praise be to the Lord your God, who has delighted in you, and placed you on his throne as king to rule for the Lord your God. Because of the love of your God for Israel and his desire to uphold them forever, he has made you king over them to maintain justice and righteousness. 
Then she gave the king a hundred and twenty talents of gold, large quantities of spices and precious stones. There had never been such spices to those the queen of Sheba gave to King Solomon. The men of Hiram and the men of Solomon brought gold from Ophir. They also brought algum wood and precious stones. The king used the algum wood to make steps for the temple of the Lord and for the royal palace and to make harps and lyres for the musicians. Nothing like them had ever been seen in Judah. King Solomon gave the queen of Sheba all she desired and asked for. He gave her more than she had brought to him. Then she left and returned to returned with her retinue to her own country. The weight of the gold that Solomon received yearly was 666 talents, not including the revenues brought in by merchants and traders. Also, all the kings of Arabia and the governors of the land brought gold and silver to Solomon. King Solomon made 200 large shields of hammered gold. 600 bacaws of hammered gold went into each shield. He also made 300 small shields of hammered gold with 300 bacaws of gold in each shield. The king put them in the palace of the forest of Lebanon. When the king made a great throne inlaid with ivory and overlaid with pure gold, the throne had six steps, and a footstool of gold was attached to it. On both sides of the seat were armrests, with a lion standing beside each of them. Twelve lions stood on the six steps, one at each end of each step. Nothing like it had ever been made for any other kingdom. All King Solomon's goblets were gold, and all of the household articles in the palace of the forest of Lebanon were pure gold. Nothing was made of silver, because silver was considered of little value in Solomon's day. The king had a fleet of trading ships manned by Hiram's men. Once every three years it returned, carrying gold, silver, and ivory, and apes and baboons. King Solomon was greater in riches and wisdom than all the other kings of the earth. All the kings of the earth sought audience with Solomon to hear the wisdom God had put in his heart. Year after year, everyone who came brought a gift, articles of silver and gold and robes, weapons and spices, and horses and mules. Solomon had 4,000 stalls for horses and chariots, and 12,000 horses, which he kept in the chariot cities and also with him in Jerusalem. He ruled over all the kings from the river to the land of the Philistines, as far as the border of Egypt. The king made silver as common in Jerusalem as stones, and cedar as plentiful as sycamore fig trees in the foothills. Solomon's horses were imported from Egypt and from all other countries. As for the other events of Solomon's reign, from beginning to end, are they not written in the records of Nathan the prophet, and the prophecy of Ahijah the Shilonite, and in the visions of Edo the seer concerning Jeroboam son of Nebat? Solomon reigned in Jerusalem over all Israel forty years. Then he rested with his fathers and was buried in the city of David his father. And Rehoboam his son succeeded him as king. Rehoboam went to Shechem, for all the Israelites had gone there to make him king. When Jeroboam son of Nebat heard this, he was in Egypt, where he had fled from King Solomon. He returned from Egypt. So they sent for Jeroboam, and he and all Israel went to Jerusalem. Uh, Rehoboam, and said to him, Your father put a heavy yoke on us, but now lighten the harsh labor and the heavy yoke he put on us, and we will serve you. Rehoboam answered, Come back to me in three days. So the people went away. Then King Rehoboam consulted the elders who had served his father Solomon during his lifetime. How would you advise me to answer these people? he asked. They replied, If you will be kind to these people and please them and give them a favorable answer, they will always be your servants. 
But Rehoboam rejected the advice the elders gave him, the elders gave him, and consulted the young men who had grown up with him and were serving him. He asked them, "What is your advice? How should we answer these people who say to me, 'Lighten the lo- lighten the yoke your father put on us'?" The young men who had grown up with him replied, "Tell the people who have said to you, 'Your father put a heavy yoke on us, but make our yoke lighter.'" Tell them, My little finger is thicker than my father's waist. My father laid on you a heavy yoke. I will make it even heavier. My father scourged you with whips. I will scourge you with scorpions. That's bad advice. I think we know. We all know. That's bad advice. Three days later, Jeroboam and all the people returned to Rehoboam, and the king had said, as the king had said, Come back to me in three days. The king answered them harshly. Rejecting the advice of the elders, he followed the advice of the young men and said, Your father made your yoke heavy. I will make it even heavier. My father scourged you with whips. I will scourge you with scorpions. So the king did not listen to the people, for this turn of events was from God, to fill, to fulfill the word of the Lord, to fulfill the word the Lord had spoken to Jeroboam, son of Nebat, through Ahijah the Shilonite. When all Israel saw that the king refused to listen to them, they answered the king, What share do we have in David? What part is Jesse's son? To your tents, O Israel. Look after your house, O David. So all the Israelites went home. But as the Israelites who were living in the towns of Judah, Rehoboam still ruled over them. King Rehoboam sent out uh, Adoniram, who was in charge of forced labor. But the Israelites stoned him to death. King Rehoboam, however, managed to get into his chariot and escape to Jerusalem. So Israel had been in rebellion against the house of David to this day. When Rehoboam arrived in Jerusalem, he mustered the house of Judah and Benjamin, 180,000 fighting men, to make war against Israel and to regain the kingdom for Rehoboam. But this word of the Lord came to Shemaiah, the man of God. Say to Rehoboam, son of Solomon, king of Judah, and to all the Israelites in Judah and Benjamin, this is what the Lord says. Do not go up to fight against your brothers. Go home, every one of you, for this is my doing. So they obeyed the words of the Lord and turned back from marching against Jeroboam. Rehoboam lived in Jerusalem and built up towns for defense in Judah, Bethlehem, Etam, Tekoa, Besur, Soko, Adulam, Gath, uh, Merishah, Ziph, Adaram, Lachish, Azekah, Zorah, Ajilon, and Hebron. These were fortified cities in Judah and Benjamin. He strengthened their desires and put commanders in them. With supplies of food, olive oil, and wine, he put shields and spears in all the cities and made them very strong. So Judah and Benjamin were his. The priests and the Levites from all their districts throughout Israel sided with him. The Levites even abandoned their pasture lands and property and came to Judah and Jerusalem because Jeroboam and his sons had rejected them as priests of the Lord. And he appointed his own priests from the high places and for the goat and calf idols he had made. Um, Those from every tribe of Israel who set their hearts on seeking the Lord, the God of Israel, followed the Levites to Jerusalem to offer sacrifices to the Lord, the God of their fathers. They strengthened the kingdom of Judah and supported Rehoboam, son of Solomon, three years, walking in the ways of David and Solomon during this time. Rehoboam married Mahalath, who was the daughter of David's son, Jeremoth, and of Abihel, the daughter of Jesse's son, Eliab. She bore him sons, Jeush, Shemariah, and Zaham. 
Then he married Makkah, daughter of Absalom, who born, uh, bore him Abijah, Atai, Ziza, and Shilamith. Rehoboam loved Makkah, daughter of Absalom, more than any of his other wives and concubines. In all, he had 18 wives and 60 concubines, 28 sons and 60 daughters. Rehoboam appointed Abijah, son of Makkah, to be the chief prince among his brothers, in order to make him king. He acted wisely, dispersing some of his sons throughout the districts of Judah and Benjamin into all the fortified cities. He gave them abundant provisions and took many wives for them. After Rehoboam's position as king was established and he became strong, he and all Israel. I keep uh, getting tripped up by these... the. Uh, translation notes you know they're um what do you call whatever it'll come to me later um but they're right like in the middle because there's the text is small and so they're just like in between words and it breaks up a sentence and I just like I do know how to read I promise after Rehoboam's position as king was established I mean he became strong he and all Israel with him abandoned the law of the Lord. Uh-oh. Because they had been unfaithful to the Lord, she, uh, Shishak, <laughs> king of Egypt, attacked is, uh, Jerusalem in the fifth year of King Rehoboam. With 1,200 chariots and 60,000 horsemen and the innumerable troops of Libyans, Succites and Cushites that came with him from Egypt, he captured the fortified cities of Judah and came as far as Jerusalem. Then the prophet Shemaiah came to Rehoboam and to the leaders of Judah who had assembled in Jerusalem for fear of Shishak. And he said to them, This is what the Lord says, You have abandoned me, therefore I now abandon you to Shishak. The leaders of Israel and the king humbled themselves and they said, The Lord is just. When the Lord saw that they humbled themselves, the word of the Lord came to Shemaiah. Since they have humbled themselves, I will not destroy them but will soon give them deliverance. My wrath will not be poured out on Jerusalem through Shishak. They will, however, become subject to them, so that they may learn the difference between serving me and serving the kings of other lands. When Shishak, king of Egypt, attacked Jerusalem, he carried off the treasures of the temple of the Lord and the treasures of the royal palace. He took everything, including the bronze shields, the gold shields Solomon had made. So King Rehoboam made bronze shields to replace them, and assigned these to the commanders of the guard on duty at the entrance of the royal palace. Whenever the king went to the Lord's temple, the guards went with him, bearing the shields, and afterward they returned them to the guard room. Because Rehoboam humbled himself, the Lord's anger turned from him, and he was not only and he was not totally destroyed. Indeed, there was some good in Judah. King Rehoboam established himself firmly in Jerusalem and continued as king. He was 41 years old when he became king, and he reigned 17 years in Jerusalem, the city the Lord had chosen out of all the tribes of Israel in which to put his name. His mother's name was Nema, so was she was an Ammonite. He did evil because he had not set his heart on seeking the Lord. As for the events of Rehoboam's reign, from beginning to end, are they not written in the records of Shemaiah the prophet and of Ido the seer that dealt that deal with genealogies? There was continual warfare between Rehoboam 
and Jeroboam. Rehoboam rested with his fathers and was buried in the city of David, and Abijah his son succeeded him as king. In the eighteenth year of the reign of Jeroboam, Abijah became king of Judah, and he reigned, reigned in Jerusalem three years. His mother's name was Makah, the daughter of Uriel of Gibeah. There was war between Abijah and Jeroboam. Abijah went into battle with a force of 400,000 able fighting men, and Jeroboam drew up a battle line against him with 800,000 able troops. Abijah stood on Mount Zemaraim in the hill country of Ephraim and said, Jeroboam and all Israel, listen to me. Don't you know that the Lord, the God of Israel, has given the kinship, the kingship of Israel to David and his descendants forever by a covenant of salt? Yet Jeroboam, son of Nebat, an official of Solomon, son of David, uh, rebelled against his master. Some worthless scoundrels gathered around him and opposed Rehoboam, son of Solomon, when he was young and indecisive and not strong enough to resist them. And now you plan to resist the kingdom of the Lord, which is in the hand of David's descendants. You are indeed a vast army and have with you the golden calves that Jeroboam made to be your gods. But didn't you drive out the priests of the Lord? the sons of Aaron and the Levites, and make priests of your... But didn't you drive out the priests of the Lord, the sons of Aaron and the Levites, and make priests of your own as the people of other lands do? Whoever comes to consecrate himself with a young bull and seven rams may become a priest of what are not gods. As for us, the Lord is our God, and we have not forsaken him. The priests who serve the Lord are sons of Aaron, and the Levites assist them. Every morning and evening they present burnt offerings the fragrant incense to the Lord. They set out the bread of the ceremonially clean of the ceremonially clean table and light the lamps on the gold lampstand every evening. We observe we are observing the requirements of the Lord our God, but you have forsaken him. God is with us. He is our leader. His priests with their trumpets will sound the battle cry against you. Men of Israel, do not fight against the Lord, the God of your fathers, for you will not succeed. Now Jeroboam had sent troops around to the rear, so that while he was in front of Judah, the ambush was behind them. Judah turned and saw that they were being attacked at both front and rear. Then they cried out to the Lord. The priest. Then they cried out to the Lord. The priests blew their trumpets, and the men of Judah raised the battle cry. At the sound of their battle cry, God routed Jeroboam and all Israel before Abijah and Judah. The Israelites fled before Judah, and God delivered them into their hands. Abishah and his men inflicted heavy losses on them, so that there were 500,000 casualties among Israel's able men. The men of Israel were subdued on that occasion, and the men of Judah were victorious, because they relied on the Lord, the God of their fathers. Abijah pursued Jeroboam and took from him the towns of Bethel, Jeshanah, and Ephron with their surrounding villages. Jeroboam did not regain power during the time of Abijah, and the Lord struck him down and he died. But Abijah grew in strength. He married fourteen wives and had twenty-two sons and sixteen daughters. The other events of Abijah's reign, what he did and what he said, are written in the annotations of the prophet Ida. And Abijah rested with his fathers and was buried in the king, buried in the city of David. Asa, his son, succeeded him as king, and in his days the country was at peace for ten years. Asa did what was good and right in the eyes of the Lord his God. He removed the foreign altars in the high places, smashed the sacred stones, and count down, uh, cut down the Asherah poles. He commanded Judah to seek the Lord, the God of their fathers, and to obey his laws and his commands. 
He removed the high places and incense altars in every town in Judah, and the kingdom was at peace under him. He built up the fortified cities of Judah, since the land was at peace. No one was at war with him during those years, for the Lord gave him rest. Let us build up these towns, he said to Judah, and put walls around them with towers, gates, and bars. The land is still ours, because we have sought the Lord our God. We sought him, and he has given us rest on every side. So they built and prospered. Asa had an army of 300,000 men from Judah, equipped with large shields and with spears, and 280,000 from Benjamin, armed with small shields and with bows. All these were brave fighting men. Zerah the Cushite marched out against them with a vast army and 300 chariots, and came as far as Mershah. Asa went out to meet him, and they took up battle positions in the valley of Zephnath near Mershah. Then Asa called to the Lord his God and said, Lord, there is no one like you to help the powerless against the mighty. Help us, O Lord, our God, for we, for we rely on you, and in your name we have come against the vast army. O Lord, you are our God. Do not let man prevail against you. The Lord struck down the Cushites before Asa and Judah. The Cushites fled, and Asa and his enemy pursued them as far as Gerar. Such a great number of Cushites fell that they could not recover. They were crushed before the Lord and his forces. The men of Judah carried off a large amount of plunder. They destroyed all the villages around Gerar, for the terror of the Lord had fallen upon them. They plundered all these villages, since there was much booty there. They also attacked the camps of the herdsmen and carried off droves of sheep and goats and camels. Then they returned to Jerusalem. The Spirit of God came upon Azariah, son of Oded. He went up to meet Asa and said to him, Listen to me, Asa and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you when you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. For a long time Israel was without the true God, without a priest to teach and without the law. But in their distress they turned to the Lord, the God of Israel, and sought him, and he was found by them. In those days it was not safe to travel around for all the inhabitants of the land were in great turmoil. One nation was being crushed by another, and one city by another, because God was troubling them with every kind of distress. But as for you, be strong and do not give up, for your work will be rewarded. When Asa heard these words and the prophecy of Azariah, son of Oded the prophet, he took courage. He removed the detestable idols from the whole land of Judah and Benjamin and from the towns he had captured in the hills of Ephraim. He repaired the altar of the Lord that was in front of the portico of the Lord's temple. Then he assembled all Judah and Benjamin and the people from Ephraim, Manasseh, and Simeon, who had settled among them. For large numbers had come over to him from Israel when they saw that the Lord, this God, when they saw that the Lord, his God, was with him. They assembled at Jerusalem in the third month of the fifteenth year of Asa's reign. At that time they sacrificed to the Lord seven hundred head of cattle and seven thousand sheep and goats from the plunder they had brought back. They entered into a covenant to see the Lord, the God of their fathers, who, um, with all their heart and soul. All who would not seek the Lord, the God of Israel, were to be put to death, whether small or great, man or woman. They took an oath to the Lord with loud acclamation, with shouting and with trumpets and horns. All Judah rejoiced about the oath because they had sworn it wholeheartedly. They sought God eagerly, and he was found by them. So the Lord gave them rest on every side. 
King Asa also deposed his grandmother Makah from her position as queen mother because she had made a repulsive Asherah pole. Asa cut the pole down, broke it up, and burned it in the Kidron Valley. Although he did not remove the high places from Israel, Asa's heart was fully committed to the Lord all his life. He brought into the temple of God the silver and gold and the articles that he and his father had dedicated. There was no more war until the 35th year of Asa's reign. In the 36th year of Asa's reign, uh, Baasha, king of Israel, went up against Judah and fortified Ramah to prevent anyone from leaving or entering the territory of Asa, king of Judah. Asa took the silver and gold out of the treasuries of the Lord's temple and of his own palace and sent it to Ben-Hadad, king of Aram, who was ruling in Damascus. Let there be a treaty between me and you, he said, as there was between my father and your father. See, I am sending you silver and gold. Now break your treaty with Basha, king of Israel, so he will withdraw from me. Ben-Hadad agreed with King Asa and sent the commanders of his forces against the towns of Israel. They conquered Ijan, Dan, Abelmaim, and all the stored cities of Naphtali. When Basha heard this, he stopped building Ramah and abandoned his work. Then King Asa brought all the men of Judah, and they carried away from Ramah the stones and timber Basha had been using. With them he built up Geba and Mizpah. At that time, Hanai the seer came to Asa, king of Judah, and said to him, Because you relied on the king of Aram and not on the Lord your God, the army of the king of Aram has escaped from your hand. Were not the Cushites and the Libyans a mighty army with great numbers of chariots and horsemen? Yet when you relied on the Lord, he delivered them into your hand. For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. You have done a foolish thing, and from now on you will be at war. Asa was angry with the seer because of this, and he was so enraged that he put him in prison. At the same time, Asa brutally oppressed some of the people. The events of Asa's reign from beginning to end are written in the book of the kings of Judah and Israel. In the thirty-ninth year of his reign, Asa was afflicted with disease in his feet. Though his disease was severe, even in his illness, he did not seek help from the Lord, but only from the physicians. Then in the forty-first year of his reign, Asa died and rested with his fathers. They buried him in the tomb that he had cut out for himself in the city of David. They laid him on a bier covered with spices and various blended perfumes, and they made a huge fire in his honor. Jehoshaphat, his son, succeeded him as king and strengthened himself against Israel. He stationed troops in all the fortified cities of Judah and put garrisons in Judah and in the towns of Ephraim that his father Asa had captured. The Lord was with Jehoshaphat because in his early years he walked in the ways of his father David who had followed. He did not consult the balls but sought the God of his father and followed his commands rather than the practices of Israel. The Lord established the Lord established the kingdom under his control, and all Judah brought gifts to Jehoshaphat, so that he had great wealth and honor. His heart was devoted to the ways of the Lord. Furthermore, he removed the high places and the Asherah poles from Judah. In the third year of his reign, he sent officials. Uh, he sent his officials Ben Hile, Obadiah, Zechariah, Nathaniel, uh, Micaiah, to teach in the towns of Judah. Judah. <laughs> When they were certain, with them were certain Levites, Shemaiah, uh, Nathaniah, 
Zebediah, Azashel, uh, Azahel, uh, Shemiramoth, Jehonathan, Jehonathan, uh, Adonijah, Tobijah, and Tab Adonijah, the priests of Elishama and Jeroam. Jehoram. They taught throughout Judah, taking with them the book of the law of the Lord. They went around to all the towns of Judah and taught the people. The fear of the Lord fell on all the kingdoms of the land surrounding Judah, so that they did not make war with Jehoshaphat. Some Philistines brought Jehoshaphat gifts in silver as tribute, and the Arabs brought him flocks, 7,700 rams and 7,700 goats. Jehoshaphat became more and more powerful. He built forts and stone city store cities in Judah, and he had large supplies in the towns of Judah. He also kept experienced fighting men in Jerusalem. Their enrollment by families were as follow. Their enrollment by families was as follows. From Judah, commanders of units of a hundred. Adna the commander with three hundred thousand fighting men. Next, Jehohanan, Jehohanan, the commander with two hundred and eighty thousand. Next, Amasia son of Zikri, who volunteered himself for the service of the Lord, with two hundred thousand. From Benjamin, Eliada, a valiant soldier with two hundred thousand men armed with bows and shields. Next, Jehozabad with a hundred thousand men armed for battle. These were the men who served the king, besides those he stationed in the fortified cities throughout Judah. Now Jehoshaphat had great wealth and honor, and he allied himself with Ahab by marriage. Some years later, he went down to visit Ahab in Samaria. Ahab slaughtered many sheep and cattle for him and the people with him and urged him to attack Ramoth-Gilead. Ahab, king of Israel, asked Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, Will you go with me against Ramoth-Gilead? Jehoshaphat replied, I am as you are, and my people as your people. We will join you in the war. But Jehoshaphat also said to the king of Israel, First seek the counsel of the Lord. So the king of Israel brought together the prophets, four hundred men, and asked them, Shall we go to war against Ramoth-Gilead, or shall I refrain? Go, they answered, for God will give it into the king's hand. But Jehoshaphat said, Is there not a prophet of the Lord here whom we can inquire of? The king of Israel, the, ki- <laughs> the king of Israel answered Jehoshaphat, There is still one man through whom we can inquire of the Lord, but I hate him, because he never prophesies anything good about me, but always bad. He is Micaiah, son of Imla. The king should not say that, Jehoshaphat replied. So the king of Israel called on one of his officials and said, Bring Micaiah, son of Imla, at once. Dressed in their royal robes, the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, were sitting on their thrones at the threshing floor by the entrance to the gates of Samaria, with all the prophets prophesying before them. Now Zedekiah, son of Kenanah, made uh, had made iron horns, and he declared, This is what the Lord says, With these you will gore the Aramaeans until they are destroyed. All the other prophets were prophesying the same thing. Attack Ramoth Gilead and be victorious, they said, for the Lord will give it into the king's hand. The messenger who had gone to summon Micaiah said to the Lord, uh, said to him, Look as one man, the other prophets are predicting success for the king. Let your word agree with theirs and speak favorably. But Micaiah said, As surely as the Lord lives, I can tell him only what my God says. 
When he arrived, the king asked him, Micaiah, shall we go to war against Ramoth Gilead, or shall I refrain? Attack and be victorious, he answered, for they will be given into your hand. The king said to me, How many times must I make you swear to tell me nothing but the truth in the name of the Lord? Then Micaiah answered, I saw all Israel scattered on the hills like sheep without a shepherd, and the Lord said to those people, and the Lord said, These people have no master. Let each one go home in peace. The king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, Didn't I tell you that he never prophesies anything good about me, but only bad? Micaiah continued, Therefore hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne with all the host of heaven standing on his right and on his left. And the Lord said, Who will entice Ahab king of Israel into attacking Ramoth Gilead and going to his death there? One suggested this and another that. Finally, a spirit came forward, stood before the Lord, and said, I will entice him. By what means, the Lord asks. The Lord asked. I will go and be a lying spirit in the mouths of all his prophets, he said. You will succeed in enticing him, said the Lord. Go and do it. So now the Lord has put a lying spirit in the mouths of these prophets of yours. The Lord has decreed disaster for you. Then Zedekiah, son of Cana, went up and slapped Micaiah in the face, which way did the spirit from the Lord go when he went for me to speak to you? Micaiah replied, You will find out on the day you go to hide in an inner room. The king of Israel then ordered, Take Micaiah and send him back to Ammon, the ruler of the city, and to Joash, the king's son, and say, This is what the king says, Put this fellow in prison and give him nothing but bread and water until I return. Micaiah declared, If you ever return safely, the Lord has not spoken through me. Then he added, Mark my words, all you people. I guess I wonder why. <laughs> I love, like, this is, this is... Like, I love this scene. It's so, it's so cinematic. Like if I could draw, I would sketch this because it's, it's like really tickling me. I don't know what, I don't know what particularly about it, but I don't know. The Lord just kind of waking up one morning and being like, fuck these fools. <laughs> Who's going to go down there and be a huge dick? And like one spirit is like, I'm going to make all of the prophets lie. Isn't that great? Isn't that a great pitch? And God is like, yeah, nice. But we're supposed to, like, we're supposed to be listening. Like, if the prophets are the word of the Lord, we are supposed to be listening to them. So I feel like it's not even a good bit if you're trying to trick these kings into war by having them do what they're supposed to do, which is listen to these prophets. It's so funny. It's really getting me. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, went up to Ramoth Gilead. The king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, I will enter the battle in disguise, but you will wear your royal robes. So the king of Israel disguised himself and went into battle. Now the king of Aram had ordered his chariot commanders, do not fight with anyone small or great except the king of Israel. When the chariot commanders saw Jehoshaphat, they thought, This is the king of Israel. So they turned to attack him, but Jehoshaphat cried out, and the Lord helped him. 
God drew them away from him, for when the chariot commanders saw that he was not the king of Israel, they stopped pursuing him. But someone drew his bow at random and hit the king of Israel between the sections of his armor. The king told the chariot driver, Wheel around and get me out of the the fighting. I've been wounded. All day long the battle raged, and the king of Israel propped himself up in the chariot, facing the Arameans until evening. Then, at sunset, he died. When Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, returned safely to his palace in Jerusalem, Jehu the seer, the son of Hanai, went out to meet him and said to the king, Should you help the wicked and love those who hate the Lord? Because of this, the wrath of the Lord is upon you. There is, however, some good points in you, for you have rid the land of Asherah poles and have sent your heart, set your heart on seeking God. Jehoshaphat lived in Jerusalem, and he went out among the people from Beersheba to the hill country of Ephraim and turned them back to the Lord, the God of their fathers. He appointed judges in the land in each of the fortified cities of Judah. He told them, Consider carefully what you do, because you are not judging for a man. You are not judging for man, but for the Lord, who is with you whenever you give a verdict. Now let the fear of the Lord be upon you. Judge carefully, for with the Lord our God there is no injustice, partiality, or bribery. In Jerusalem also, Jehoshaphat appointed some of the Levites, priests, and heads of Israelite families to administer the law of the Lord and to settle disputes. And they lived in Jerusalem. He gave them orders. You must serve faithfully and wholeheartedly um, in the fear of God. In every case that comes before you, from your fellow countrymen who lives in the cities, whether bloodshed or other concerns of the law, commands, decrees, or ordinances, you are to warn them not to sin against the Lord. Otherwise, his wrath will come on you and your brothers. Do this, and you will not sin. And Moriah, the chief priest, will be over you in any matter concerning the Lord. And Zebediah, son of Ishmael, the leader of the tribe of Judah, will be over you in any matter concerning the king. And the Levites will serve as officials before you. Act with courage, and may the Lord be with those who do well. That ends uh, Chronicles chapter 2 Chronicles chapter 19. 2 Chronicles is kind of long, so... Yeah, we may just finish next week. I think I'll try and push to finish next week. Um, and we keep we keep on. We keep on keeping on. Uh, let go. <laughs> keep letting go. And keep letting God. <laughs>